Welcome to you. This is my podcast that's all about your own utopia. Kira Oliver here. Do you want to live happy and free? Create you, your own utopia, by learning more about how to think differently. It will change your life in ways you never imagined. I know this because I've lived it and I'm still learning it every single day. I want to help you find a lifestyle that feels good. Hey guys, I really appreciate you being here for this episode number seven. And I do want to just share something with you real quick before we launch this. The guest today is quite a phenomenal person who has been through a lot and has come out. It's just a really resilient guy. And that's why he's on this podcast. And we do note that he does have some flavorful language here and there, but none of this language is towards anyone. It just kind of is a passionate way that he speaks. But I just want to let you know, this is Tony and and just... You know, him being uh, raw and, and and actually it's, it's you know, there's not a lot of it, but if you do have little ones around, do put the earbuds in because, you know, I just want to be sensitive to that and I know that's not uh, for everyone. So don't want to scare you off in any way. It's a great message. You got to hang on. I want you to listen to this. He's got a great story and, you know, he's just worked his tail off to come out on the other side and he's out there trying to help other people and make a difference in their lives. So without further ado, we're going to launch right into it. I am so excited about our guest today. Tony Cohen is often labeled as an extreme human. I can't wait to find out what that means. The serial entrepreneur is a longtime master Krav Maga instructor and pioneer of ketogenic technology, playing a pivotal part in the global keto movement. He's been through some of life's highest highs and lowest lows and keeps rebounding. And I just cannot wait to hear what all that means. Hi, Tony. Hi, Kyra. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for joining. I'm just thrilled uh, as we talked a little bit uh, earlier in the week about, you know, what's important to me is I just love to make an impact in the lives of, of other people. I mean, that's that's just what it's all about for me. And I know it is for you, too. And, and so I just want to jump in. And I, I don't know if you know this, but you and I, I believe I may be wrong, but I believe we've both been in San Diego about the same length of time. So I'm in this month, I will have been in San Diego for five years. So next month for me is four years. Ah, uh, close, close. However, I move much faster than you. So technically it's five. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, and, and so I've heard a little bit about why you came here, but I want to hear the nitty gritty, like what was going on in your life and, and why, you know, all the way over here to the West coast. Mm, the nitty gritty. Um, we put a filter on here for children. Because... Yes, yes, yes. Uh, definitely for uh, our listeners out there, uh, grab your earbuds because Tony, um, you know, he's he's kind of a little raw in the way he says things. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that reminder, Tony. 
So, I mean, I like I I don't want to start day one, but what I would say to you is, um, I moved uh, to New York City about nine years ago. Um, spent some time in Texas before that. Um, I, I survived like six months, Houston and Dallas. Not for me. Not for me at all. Uh, went to New York uh, from a, with a business I'd co-founded in the late 90s, went public, blah, 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 blah. I dropped out. I got dragged back in, literally like Michael Corleone. They keep dragging me back in. And end up in New York. You know, like Wall Street sounds really glamorous. And when you look at Michael Douglas and Gordon Gecko, it's like, wow, it is nothing like that. Yeah. And... You know, I was, I've, I've been, I, I hesitate to use the word fortunate. I've been decisive enough uh, to be involved in pioneering some very interesting uh, industries. And one of them was, uh, I was in Europe in, I want to say about 1992, somewhere around the early 90s. And um, I got a call from an old business partner in Canada about deregulated utilities which is commonplace in most places now, you know, where you can choose your phone carrier as opposed to like Marbell or you mm-hmm. or AT and T, whatever. Depends where you were, or you can choose, you know, your your electricity company, or you can choose your natural gas company, or whatever it is. And that was kind of alien. It was all monopolized. So I got dragged into that industry. Wow. Uh, there was four of us, and it literally was like the wild west. We had a lot of fun, and you know. Just had a lot of lot of fun, and that company ran an IPO in the Canadian markets. I dropped out after that. I uh, went traveling, doing some stuff. <laughs> then I, en- I end up getting dragged back into my own, my own company. By which time, it's this you know this multinational um, company that's listed on the stock market with a, a valuation of about three billion. Wow! And it wasn't Amazing. fun. In, mm-hmm. um, that's no fun. They're like. You know, the, 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 you mentioned the word raw, but the rawness of actually dealing with customers and dealing with stuff on a very street-level basis had gone. It turned into, can you, can you predict the volumes and analytics? Well, I can predict anything. Like, what do you want me to predict it to? Because all you're doing, um, again, it seems glamorous, but when you're like 18 hours a day, literally sleeping in my office and oh, wow. <clears throat> don't realize it, it just... It, it gets hold of you. Uh, you've got no breaks. You're on seven days a week. And, you know, the actual time it would have taken me to get home home, the, the like the 40 minutes each way was time I just didn't have in the day. My, yeah. my day was starting at, I don't know, six in the morning, sometimes earlier with a, with a coffee from downstairs and a, a couple of bagels. And I'd literally, it would take me three or four hours to get to that coffee because it just turned into chaos. And, you know, I'm coaching, I'm instructing, I'm, I'm recruiting, uh, doing a, a lot. I've been around the personal development space since, ugh, since, I can't, since the late 80s. So a lot of the stuff I've learned over the years, and I've worked with some wonderful, wonderful people, uh, and I still do this every single day, 9 o'clock every morning. I'm on a, I'm on a Zoom coaching call around the world with some mm-hmm. specific people. And, um, you know, you just, and it, it sort of hit me. I was starting, like, not feeling myself. And when you're doing that, and I, my diet was like the, the bagels in the morning, then no time for yeah. food. Then yeah. at the end of the day, 
I'd go to the no, the local bar. They would put frozen chicken wings in the deep fat fryer, and I would drink Guinness, mm. and then go and sleep <laughs> and sleep on my own couch in my own office. Uh, my heart is racing just hearing this. Like I, I'm pretty sure if I had a heart rate monitor on right now, you would have seen it go up. You know, with just the stress, and obviously it just was not the healthiest environment. That I mean, clearly not at all. And you are surrounded by. Um, not so much the people I worked with, um, but the people in that whole environment. It's just like a toxic energy for me. And to this day, yeah. since, you know, and I'll tell you the walkout story in a minute, but since being there, like anyone that starts talking to me about Forex or Bitcoin or anything that's financially driven as a business, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, it just like completely grinds me the wrong way. Like, <laughs> right. it, it, yeah. If you're building something, build something, build it, and they will come. Like the money, yeah. the money is is there. If you've got, yeah. There's there's a quote I heard last week, and I've forgotten who it's from. Um, you may, and it was like, if you if you are having to sell something, your product's just not good enough. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I'm on. I'm doing the Wall Street thing, and I start having like break. Like I didn't realize the breakdowns, like crying for no reason and crack ups, and just literally getting very introspective and not going not realizing what's going on and you know and i'm getting i love that you're sharing that because i think so many it's especially hard for men to share that and we we know that it happens i think more with women because they're willing to talk about that you know but yeah go on well you know i don't know if it does happen more with women i mean i work around that space now in um you know, in like one of the main things I work with now is, is sort of neuroscience. And for the record, I'm not a doctor or a scientist. I don't even have a GED. I mean, um, but working around that space and it's, it's kind of different. And it's that, you know, the right brain, left brain thing. Mm -hmm. Yet women go through it in more of an emotional state. They, they deal with stress in a more of an emotional level. Men, mm -hmm. men tend to block it out and bottle it up a little bit more. And, you know, but however, if, if you if you look at PTSD uh, cases, it's way higher in men, partially, yes. partially due to what they may have done, done as a uh, for an income, for a background, for a living. So go, going from yes. that, yeah, I was having this stuff and I didn't really confide in anyone apart from the I didn't really know anyone outside my industry, my business, apart from the guy, the guy that yeah. owned the bar, Paul. So. O'Hara's O'Hara Bar, New York City. Thanks so much. And if you're down there, have a Guinness. Oh yeah. I, I was. I went in there like one Friday. I'm out with clients, and normally Friday I'd run till midnight, like no stays. I'm out. I'm out. So looking at clients, I'm over in Queens somewhere, and uh, and with, I've, I've got a girl working with me. I said I need to talk to you right now, and I just all of a sudden burst into tears. For, I had no idea why. I just cracked up. But the O'Hara's. Shit, I should go back and see it next time I'm in New York. I'm there, and, mm -hmm. and he said, are you okay? I went, not really, no. Which, which is not a call for help, but I just didn't feel okay. So I, I, I answered it, what blurted out my mouth, not really. And so let's go outside yeah. and talk. And he was chatting with me. He said, I've seen this before. You just got total burnout, and it happens in the industry you're in all the time. So the next day, uh, Monday morning, remember this well, Monday morning, did the meeting as usual, did all the stuff as usual. Everyone used to get paid on Mondays, which was, you know, that was good for them as well. And then I said, you know what, I'm going to buy you guys lunch. Like, we never had lunch. Like, I never, we just didn't have the time. Over the road, go there, like, 
they've arranged it. I'll be over in a while. When they all left for lunch, I cut up my security pass. It was a federal building I was in. Cut up my security pass, packed my stuff into a carry-on bag, and walked. So I shut down my communications and just went dark for like three or four days. And one of the things, one of the triggers was, you know, I've been, I've been Wall Street, I've been getting messages like, oh, have you been to this? Have you seen here in New York? Have you done this? Or so-and-so's in town, why don't you meet them? And the answer was always, I've not got time. I've not got time. I've not got time. No matter what it was, I just didn't have time. So, yeah, you know, and I, I walked out and um, I couch surfed at a friend's, not a close friend, but they let me couch surf for a while. And I literally had less than a thousand dollars to my name. Uh, I was expecting a big payoff because I've been through a bunch. I've been through some rehab before I did this. So I got, a, and I'll actually I'll go full circle on this. Um, so I really didn't have anything. I was re rebooting. So how are you feeling right now? Like when this is going on, like, are you, where are you emotionally? Well, uh, I was, I would say confused. I would say, you know, okay. definitely stressed, definitely anxious and mm -hmm. with a certain tinge of excitement. As soon as I walked out those doors, I knew I couldn't get back in because it took, a, it was a process for me to get my security pass to get in the building. The fact that. So then was that freedom? Yeah. Free, freedom okay. and wonder, wondering. Yeah what I was going to do. Yeah. So I had a couch to surf on. I didn't have any money. I didn't like, you know, have anything going on. And I deleted all my numbers, everything from my other phone. I had one number saved it. My ex-business partner, Tim, I left him a message saying, Hey, just want you to know, walked out of wall street. Um, I've got your number in my phone. If anything ever happens to me, at least there's one number in my phone. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and Tim called me back and left a message. Uh, I guess he sent him. He's a he's an intuitive guy, lovely guy. One of my original mentors from way back when, and um, he left me a message. Just said, like, buddy, you got to work on yourself. So we called backwards and forwards, you know, and uh, literally, I in those a week that week, I went for a walk, uh, had a sandwich, sat by the you know East River stuff. I'd not been able to do like simple like. Go yeah. sit on a patio and have a cold beer and watch live people watch. Like, not being able to do any of that stuff. Truly spent time in the moment, which everybody talks about, how we're so bad at right now. You actually took the time to be in, in the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, however, you know, life is, a, life is a path and it's a transition. And yeah. nowadays I spend way too much time in the moment. And sometimes it's just simply deep in meditation, not doing anything mm -hmm. and, you know, staring at the ocean here in, in La Jolla going, well, I'm in the moment. Like, okay. You know, it's one, one thing I wanted to say about um, Wall Street and uh, that, I don't know, you know, Simon Sinek, I'm sorry. I... You're familiar I've with that got guy. his book in my bathroom right now. Start with why Simon. Yeah. A lot of, lot of, yeah. lot, one of my favorite guys to listen to and, and read. Oh, he's so brave. And you know, if, when you read start with why, and then the, his latest one, which you'll have to jump right to the infinite game. What I love about Simon is that he has no problem calling out any corporation out there. And he will tell you very quickly, this is why you've, you failed. And anyway, what I'm leading to is that something pretty impressive 
um, that happened with CVS, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but they stopped selling cigarettes. You know, it's kind of it's kind of funny. I've never been in another country anywhere where you can buy cigarettes and alcohol in a pharmacy. Like, this, I don't know what I don't think irony is a big thing in this country. Like. <laughs> you know, it's all about convenience. And um, but the, the beauty of it is the story he tells is just how the CVS was meeting with all of these, you know, doctors and different people trying to work on their brand and and just learn what they needed to do. And these people finally said, well, if you care so much about people, why are you selling cigarettes? And they got bold. They stopped selling cigarettes. Their stocks went down for like a day. Maybe it's two weeks max. I can't remember if it was two days or two weeks. But anyway, very brief period of time. And then it went right back up. And then what happened is all these or what's happening now, in fact, all these health food companies that would not do business with them before are now doing business uh, with them. So this, this in the book, it starts with why or something like that. There's a lot of case studies on different corporations about the how and the why or whether it's like Jobs and Wozniak. And one of the, one of the stories uh, it talks a lot about is how Walmart has gone from a company that really cared about customers and employees to the polar opposite. Mm -hmm. And he calls them out in the, the, the one book I'm reading right yes. now. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I find this interesting that, because that whole start with why, I mean, this is kind of what we're hearing about you, right? The why as to where you are today and this big shift that happened when you were there in New York, right? Yeah. I, I mean, the why started with why not or why, why I don't want to be where I am, why I don't want to be cracking up, why I don't want to be having tears and why I don't want to be fat and dumb and broke, and uh, which all three are intrinsically connected just for the record. And I literally had no direction, but I'm chatting with Tim backwards and forwards. And he, at the time, had a, an interactive website uh, based around uh, exercise, uh, sleep, exercise, food, attitude, and supplementation. And uh, I ended up working with Tim in that space for a while. Uh, his company got bought out and I got thrown out because people in Texas do not share my sense of humor nor my, uh, nor my pattern language. So that's what happened there. And I bounced around, but what I did get, and I got it from this the lady at the, my bank at the time, is I wandered back into the bank, and she said, "You look like you've got you've had like three hundred pounds of weight off your shoulders, and you look younger." I went, "I walked out my business two weeks ago. I, I don't know what it is." And, and I, New York's a great city for walking and exploring. You can just spend your lifetime doing that as oh, long as yeah. you got the weather. Yeah. And um, <laughs> right. and that's what I did, and it was just like it was such a relief. Had no direction, didn't know what I was going to do. Um, just kind of like it, it unfolded. I mean, there are no coincidences in life. It unfolded. And I, I guess I made it work, you know. Um, all the things I wasn't doing, I started to do. So anyway, just on a, a full circle there, um, what had happened, I was dead against my, my previous... Uh, we'll call it vocation, which we are not going to go into on here, uh, evolved, uh, evolved a lot around uh, the security space, we'll call it that. Not, not mm -hmm. armed guard, not that kind of stuff. And um, I was in Europe and I was doing a job and I got taken off a roof three stories up, broke my back. 
uh, yeah, Whoa. end up in, ho- in hospital, sign myself out of hospital the next day. And because it's Europe and social medicine, I was going back, like getting myself back to the doctors every week for stronger and stronger and stronger medications. Uh, and you don't realize that at, at the time, how quick this, you know, the opiate addiction, and it's not called Oxycontin in um, uh, Europe. So the, the parallel to that would be Percocets. But I was on uh, mm-hmm. codeine-based stuff. So codamols, codidromols, like all this stuff. And every week I'm getting stronger more and more and more. And I'd say three months later, I walked into a half-open roller shutter door, didn't see it. I was in such a zombie phase. And by the way, when you're taking that crap, uh, nothing else in your body's working correctly, like nothing. Right. Um, yeah. And I walked into this roller shut and knocked myself out, came around and went, I've got to fix. So everything I had, I pumped into getting myself in residential rehab. Uh, that was three months. Learned a lot in there. Also did an FA coaching badge, which is the premier soccer coaching badge on the planet. Uh, in there, ended up working with a bunch of addicts through coaching, learned a lot about human nature and Co- oh wow that's by amazing. default coaching addicts and um you know so that the the psychology of addiction was something not only was i learning i was going through it and three months after that okay i got out of there again wiped myself i had a business when i was going in there as well that the guy that was running the business ended up taking the customers and the cash and the business while because i i was in residential essentially in lockdown i knew that was the only way i was going to break that addiction and, um, you know, it came out, then something had happened to my son. My son's now a 21-year-old fighter in Europe. But back then, you know, about 11 years old, I think someone stole his phone. And someone suggested, hey, go on, like, Facebook with your background. You will be able to backtrack and figure out who these kids are because everything's done through Facebook. I'm very hesitant. So at first I went on there with, a like, a fake name. Uh, not massively fake, but, you know. And I tracked it down and figured it out. And I kind of got into the whole social media as a connecting tool. You know, so old friends, excuse me, old friends from the past. And then somebody reached out to me that was in Texas who I'd actually recruited and trained in uh, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, like years before uh, in, the, in the early 90s, who, you know, was doing well. Then I, you know, I dropped out again for a while. I had to go do other things. And then uh, he reached out to me and he was talking about blah, 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 Houston, blah, 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 this, that, the other, all this stuff. And um, I'm like, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I'm not interested. I'm retired from the energy business. I don't care. I don't care. And I'm in rainy Manchester, England. If you can imagine, uh, it's like Seattle with more E or the donkeys. I mean, it's just like great, gloomy, and miserable. <laughs> And it, it's pissing right. down with rain. I'm looking out the window of a coffee shop. Again, just not been out of rehab long. Um, not in great shape physically. Uh, you know, you broke your back. You know, you're not, not in terrible shape, but not in great shape. And no direction on nothing. And basically, they, he dragged me back in to my own business, which is how I ended up back in, uh, how I ended up in Texas, because the Canadian company had become a multinational by this point in time. So that's how I got there, and that's how I ended up in New Yeah. Sometimes it takes time. Yeah, totally. 
it takes time and you've got to allow the space because we can't force people to think or, and, and oftentimes we can't help them to even see. And, and I, you know, it's interesting too, that you bring that up because when that happens, uh, we get a lot of, um, feelings and we, and our ego wants to blow up, mm. you know, and, and you sometimes have to just kind of sit back, listen, let go, allow the speech. E- ego is know. the enemy, as they say. One of my, uh, one of my, uh, yeah, he's become a mentor. I actually did some, some, uh, uh, Delta force type coaching this weekend. And one of the the things I learned from it is, you know, you can have as many role models as you want. You can have a bunch of great coaches, but only get one mentor because when you have two, Mm -hmm. sometimes their opinions are conflicting. One Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard recently over the last few years is you can, you can feed your ego or you can feed your pocketbook. It's seldom. You can do both. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you've mentioned mentor a couple of times. Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, it sounds like the, you, you've still got this mentor going on. You've had mentorship for a while. I mean, is this kind of what's helped you with the big shift in, in your life towards a healthier lifestyle? I, I would feel based on experience one challenge and especially with guys is you know it, it's kind of like that is an ego thing where you got to go ask for help or you're watching someone we actually come out and say it and i'm one of the people that's very very uncomfortable because people because people have used the term on me and i'm very uncomfortable when i get called somebody's mentor uh i'm embracing it a little bit more now because I'm realizing I used to, I've done that with other people. So, yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the challenges in society we have in, in general is like positive role models. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Coaches, yeah, you're going to get some from school. Mentors, who's, who's your mentor? I mean, your mentor has got to be mm-hmm. someone that is where you want to be. Everyone, in our, li- everyone mm-hmm. is, in our life is either beneficial to where we intend to be or detrimental there is no gray area with this so we, you know it's one of these you know jim Rohn quote is we're the average of the five people that we spend the most time with i would take it further than that and say well who do those five people spend the most time with and those five that those 25 <laughs> yeah. who did they spend the most time with because that ripple yes. effect that little bit of toxic yes. energy triples right in and affects everyone in that in that loop that you know yeah for sure and you know you just said something i wanted to kind of piggyback on I know what you mean in terms of like calling yourself a mentor, but something that I'm really, really working on these days and, and trying, I I think I was holding on to the other side of that for too long. And what I mean is that, you know, it is your job. It is my job to get our story out there because if not, we're withholding valuable information that can really change somebody's life. Absolutely, and uh, I, did, I think you saw it actually. I put a, uh, a post up this morning. I'm doing, we're doing a gratitude, not I'm doing it, we're doing it. There's a whole bunch of us doing a gratitude thing every day. And, and it was like, uh, you know what? Wait, is that the gratitude party I saw? The gratitude about? party is something that every year, and you, 90% <laughs> of success in life is showing up, as they say. So that, the gratitude oh, yes. party is just thank you to San Diego for accepting me. Because listen, the, most that. people, you know, don't don't get me initially and uh are not that accepted and part of that's my own filter as well uh however it's just such a warm wonderful place 
that uh, every year I do one more or less the same week that uh, the anniversary week that I got here. So that's what that is. The gratitude thing is the hashtag gratitude. And every day think of something you're grateful for. So today's gratitude thing, and I, I, I tagged you in it, was grateful for the podcast community. And that was about like getting a message out, getting it, sharing a message, whatever, yes. whatever that message be. And as, as you know, but many people won't know on here, uh, any of my podcasts, it's, all, it's always, don't tell me what you're going to ask me. I don't want to know, like throw me some curveballs. There's certain subjects we, we kind of take off the table beforehand. Um, so yeah, it, it's, you know, there's a valuable message out there. And there's so there's so much white noise these days. I mean, you know, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm almost legendary for never checking emails. I've Apple has put a filter through the phone system now, where if I don't recognize the number, it goes straight to the voicemail, and the voicemail actually says, "Don't leave a message because it's not going to get checked." Uh, because <laughs> there's just so much white noise. And if I if I yes, I look at yes. you know the occasional day I look at an email. So if you ever send me an email, you actually have to text me and say, look at your email. I sent you an email. <laughs> yeah. And, and when I look, yeah. No, it's huge. It's huge. And the, the thing I want to uh, tap into with this gratitude that, you know, again, I, I don't know, you may have heard me talk about this a little bit, but when I wrote my book, which I hope is just the first of many, I mean, it's just a very small book. It's a quick read. But that book, you know, I had been wanting to write a book for years and it just wasn't coming out. And the reason is because I didn't have that gratitude piece, the love, the being kind component, um, being confident yet humble. I didn't understand how all that works for a, a while. I think I probably thought I did, but I really didn't. And it wasn't until I dug into that and really started studying that a lot and realizing how important it was to apply that to, to my thinking did, did everything just start to come together. And it has completely changed my life. So I love that you're focusing on that gratitude side. And and that actually wants me to jump into, okay, so keto is your thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to miss, because there's a, there's a gap here. I want to make sure you, you did get to San Diego. But when did the, the whole keto, I mean, you're a keto expert. And I know people are, you're, you've been on television a lot, all kinds of shows. When did that actually happen? Well, there's one thing there. I don't believe I'm an expert on anything, but I may be more expert than other people. Uh, and I, I, with something like science, I don't think there are any experts because it's it's an it's an evolution itself. However, just before we get onto that, I want to I want to give a shout out to a, a guy I've just started getting to know, Josh Perry. And Josh is a former pro BMX rider and a brain tumor survivor. And he's, he, it's the reason this just came up, because he, t- he said something on stage at a private event I was at in Louisville uh, about three weeks ago. For, and he's become kind of, we got close, I've not known each other long, but he's on stage and the first thing he said was, gratitude is the key to abundance. And I've mm-hmm. heard Jarek Robbins speak around this. Jarek's another longtime friend of mine. And I wanted to give that shout out to Josh because it's actually his birthday today. But for oh, happy birthday, Josh! Oh my gosh, I love four it. cancerous tumors in brain tumors in his twenties. You'd never know it oh, when you because wow. he just he, this guy just like it pours out gratitude. Another one, Dr. Ryan Lowry is someone I work with closely. Pours out gratitude, and it, 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 Dov Barron is another mm-hmm. one. All these like. The, 
these guys just like, and I didn't, I'm the same. I didn't get it. Like, I didn't get it. And then when you stop thinking of, or stop thinking and start, you know, operating from that realm of, of no thought process, just go by feel, which yeah. is essentially everything I've done my entire life. Uh, we have a tendency to second guess things as yeah. humans. Uh, I, ma I made a video mm -hmm. about four or five years ago. I was also one of the pioneers of uh, Facebook Live. That's another one. That's another name drop for you. So <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in New York uh, and I walked out. I'm couch surfing. Then I'd start my, my one thing I can always, uh, and I've got to be careful and tread around here. Uh, previous thing I did, mandatory retirement, 48 years old. So then I could instruct, uh, legally instruct Krav Maga. And if you don't know what Krav Maga is, it's uh, Israeli, and people use the word self-defense, Israeli military self-defense. It's more hand-to-hand -hand type stuff, knives, guns, like you name it. And I, um, I have a certain skill set in that, allegedly. And apparently I know what I'm doing in that space. So at the time, you better know what you're doing if you're doing I'm still it. here. I'm still here. <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny, I did one this week, and there was some like special forces guys there and all the rest of it. And I'm just like, sure, like pull a knife out. Let's see where this goes. Like, like go for it. And I, I train like that. I put myself front and center. Like, yeah, punch me right in the face right now. Let's see what happens. And it's not, it's not an ego thing. It's part of my teaching methodology. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of reverted back to that in terms of I couldn't really instruct civilians because of what I'd previously done until I was officially retired from my whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, at the time I had like an on again, on and off girl and she was a, she was a lawyer. And she kept and I'm like, people are asking me, like, can you recommend someone? I went, no, there's like a handful of people on the planet I will recommend. And she said, mm -hmm. why don't you teach this? I went, well, you know, I suppose I could. But da, 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 da. I said, well, people keep asking you. And she said, legally, you can. And I went, yeah, but, you know, uh, I don't know. I could do that. And she said, you're going to need two things. You're going to need a certificate to cover your ass from a credible source. And you're going to need an ironclad waiver because of the level of what I instruct. Um, mm -hmm. If you, you, one of the challenges instructing military Krav Maga to civilians is there are levels of, you know, if you, if a, if a guy's get, trying to get into a bar fight with you, like don't kill him. If a guy, you know, re restraints all the cops come to law enforcement comes. If it's, if you're a law enforcement officer, like again, don't kill them, restrain and you know, whatever you gotta do. If you're if you're anything, you know, military contractor or private, you know, private security or whatever, there's different threat assessment levels and different response rates. So one of the things on the on the waiver is hey, if you get some of the stuff wrong, someone will die, you know? Uh, so if you if you do mm -hmm. if that does happen, it's your fault and not mine. I just showed you novelty value stuff. Um Right. So I I she did the she did my waiver for me. She was, uh, I think, at Merrill or one of the one of the big ones. She was in human resources as a lawyer, so she knew how to do that. And um, I got certified from a guy I had a big bust up with uh, after the fact. Um, you know, senior guy from Israel. That doesn't matter, you know. Two Israelis, three arguments. And um, anyway, and when she'd done the thing, 
the waiver. And I had no idea what I was going to like do. You know, people were asking me. And uh, she'd done the waiver. I did I did a, a course. I did an instruct, another instructor course to get an instructor certificate. I ended up instructing that many instructors from zero. So I would take a rookie from zero and get them up to instructor level, like fat, fast, wow. fast. So mm-hmm. I ended up as a master instructor uh, certified. And it's a very specific niche. Like the civilian crab which involves punch bags and push-ups. It's nothing like I teach. What I teach is the stuff that was taught in the Israeli military over 21 hours. If you were in there, this is the course that you did. I still teach that course. And um, so I give people like that discounts. And even to this day, when I instruct, I'm doing one tonight at one of the universities here in San Diego. Uh, I read this in a Malcolm Gladwell book, latest one. It's not. A, I don't particularly like this book of his. It's a very dark subject matter. However, one of the things he said, it works out there's like one in five female college students in the U.S. have been sexually assaulted and I, in my mind i'm going that's ridiculously high that's unacceptable yes. and that's what's reported so it's going to be possibly way more than that and i got mm-hmm. called in by um by someone on campus i'm not going to go into details on this you know whatever it is 20 20 year old girls blah 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 um you know can you do it? well actually it was a friend of mine who's a heavyweight brazilian jiu-jitsu champion he said, like, they've asked me to do this thing about self-defense. He said, I don't think they realize Brazilian jiu-jitsu is not self-defense. It's probably the worst thing to do. Um, yeah, on the street level. And he said, can you help? I went, not only will I help, put the course together, I'll do it with you. And, well, how much are you going to charge? I went, no, things like this I don't charge for. When there's a need and a cause like that, I, like, I'll just show up. So I went, I went instructing uh, Krav Maga. I didn't really put myself out there a lot. Got a couple of specific clients. Um and I, uh, at the time, I still wasn't in a good place. Uh, but, you know, at least I'd found a way to move forward with my life somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened with the whole... I'm doing this thing, and it's uh, and I'm putting these instructor courses together. And it would have been... Oh, like, I was getting killed by winters. Like, winters in, in New York are not pleasant. You live in a tiny place about the size of a king-size bed. For two thousand two thousand right, dollars yep. a month, you know, I've got a shared yep. shower room, uh, no kitchen whatsoever. So I'm like, and the snow's piled up. So I'm running out, you know, getting a bagel and coffee in the morning, running back, trying to do some online work, lethargic, falling asleep on the bed, sat on an electric fan heater, all like all this horrible stuff. That um, you know, that's life. And people, oh, I'd love to live in New York. No, you wouldn't. What you'd really love to do is probably visit New York when the weather's perfect. I I, I do love visiting yeah. New York, and especially when the weather's perfect. Although I have visited when they're like one of the biggest snowstorms they've ever had as well. Oh. So <laughs> I have, I, and I enjoyed it. It was brief, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's not. It's great as a visit, but to to live there and see that, yeah. you're just not getting much done. And uh, it it was. One year, hang on, let me get my years right here. So I was instructing, I was doing some courses. This would have been uh, 2014, 2013. And uh, my plan was, because the winters for me were affecting me more and more. Uh, Like, you know, I wouldn't have admitted Mm -hmm. it back then, but I'll tell you right now, it was probably depression. Definitely lethargy. Yeah. Definitely, like, Mm -hmm. the the depression and lethargy you might not notice, but when you look in the mirror and you're fat, you'll notice that. As much as you try and breathe in, you still know. And uh, and you look at your bank and there's not much in it. You still know. So I was doing that. My yeah. plan was uh, end of 2013. I might be slightly out on the years here. 
uh, to get out and go to Key West for the winter, then move back to New York. However, around about that time, uh, two cops got shot outside of one of my, where I used to instruct. The two things weren't connected. Then my phone starts blowing up again with, hey, we need this, we need that. And, you know, make hay while the sun shines. Like, people are calling and want me to do stuff. I'll, I'll show up, you know, and I needed the money. Yeah, I needed the money, so yeah. I did it. And I, it got to, like, January 25th, 2015. Yeah, so I might be out in the year. No, t- January 2015. Yeah, sorry, I was out in the year. And I thought, well, you know, it's like winter's over. I'm like, I don't need to worry about it. And it turns out winter hadn't even started and February came in and like kicked my ass completely. Um, Mm. And then I was out one night, literally I would go out at night, walk down the block, which is a hundred. I'm thinking about moving to California. And what had happened in that transition period from the end of 2014 is I'm, I was putting a course together for um, the spring. I'd do like four of these a year. And people had flown in from South Korea, from like all over the planet to train me for a week in New York. So I'd do a five-day intensive course. And it's intensive, and that's pretty much the Israeli military program. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm doing this, and this one guy signed up for it, um, and he was from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, former uh, Lamar Banks, former pro uh, NFL player. And he signed up for it. He didn't tell me the details, but Lamar was like this gentle giant. I'd never met him. I knew him through some online programs we'd done together and some biz- online businesses we were kind of working. So I was bouncing around, you know, you'd get creative. And, you know, chatting with him, and he said, well, I want to do this course. I went, well, the course is whatever it was, $5,000 for the, the week, something like that, 4000 5000 I can't remember now. And I said, if you want to do it, I only, like, I max out at six people. And uh, if you want to do it, I need the deposit. And it's 50%. That's that. And it was January. He, he sent me the deposit. And it was the last day in January 2015. And Lamar, I'm actually going. So in New York, I wouldn't keep a place rented. You rent studios by the hour or by the, by the week or by the day. And that's how mm-hmm. it's done. And so I'm going to actually pay. Lamar called me and he said, well, I don't know what's going on in my life. You know, it feels like I'm like taking one step forward and two back and blah, blah. It's January. I've not accomplished anything. I went, oh, really? Okay. Are you still driving the same car you were a month ago? He said, oh, no, I bought a new car. I went, okay. Um, do you still weigh the same? No, I've actually dropped like 15 pounds. Oh, okay. Were you doing boot camps a month ago? No. Went, okay, I've given you three. You can come up with the other 10 yourself. Is where were you? And I still do this and attribute to Lamar for this. Where were you at the beginning of the year? Where are you now? Like, and that is part of the gratitude thing without, reali- yes. without realizing it. You know, we don't think we're accomplishing much. We'll look at different areas, you know, uh, emotional, financial, career, spiritual, material. 100%. Look where you were January yes. 1st and realize how much you have accomplished this year. You could even yeah. do that this month. You can do it at any given time. So I'm doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Lamar put this post up. He actually called me a mentor, my mentor. I'm going, ooh, that feels awkward. <laughs> Thanking me. Anyway, the next day I get a I wake up to a message, a messenger from his girlfriend. Lamar passed. I went, Oh, really? What's he taking? I went, what? I went, what was he taking? I went, oh, he's studying for something. No, he's passed. I went, passed what? I went, passed away. 
And oh. I call her and she's very calm. I'm going, and I said, have you been hacked? She said, no. I said, what, what are you talking about? Well, it was instructing a boot camp this morning, blah, blah, blah. I was doing some kettlebell stuff. And all of a sudden, I just saw his eyes roll back in his head and he flatlined. He was gone. <gasps> 39 oh years gosh. old. Now, I don't go to funerals. You know, for me, and you're dead, you're dead. And that's it. You know, kick me out in the ocean and fire burning arrows at me. I'm good with that. And um, for some reason, I went to this funeral in Harrisburg in the winter something was calling me i'd never met the guy something was calling me and um went there and i will remember this there was a uh and blumau was like a, the big black dude nfl guy so there's a lot of these a lot mm -hmm. of these guys in there and there was a guy and he's i just remember him being called reverend dread and it, he had a suit on and dreadlocks and he was talking about how lamar was, was going to do this self-defense course because he wanted to bring it back to harrisburg and pa and instruct in, um, I probably got the terminology wrong, but battered wives shelters, abused women's shelters. And I went, you know, I never knew anything about that. Oh my gosh. Never wow. knew. And I'm kind of like, and I'm just, no one knows I'm the guy that's holding the course. Anyway, his, yeah. his girlfriend did the course and a couple of other people ended up doing the course. However, I got stranded in Harrisburg. Like I'm there, I'm in the train station. It's, it's a, not an easy place to get to from New York. And I'm like, When's the next train to When's the next train to New York? We're like it's well, you've just missed one. They're every two hours, and it's in three hours. I'm like, okay, tell me this again. They're every two. He said they're every two hours. The next one's in three hours. I went, what are you talking about? Like, how can it be every two hours and the next one's in three hours? He said, well, you just missed one. I went, and he said, where are you from? I went, whoever just asked you where I'm going to, and he said, well, how do the turn the 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 what they call it the. Uh, schedules work in new york i said well in new york if the train's not there in four minutes basically you're calling 911 because you're wondering what's going on anyway anyway <laughs> right. i said well it's sunday there obviously is a different schedule i'm like oh, no and I literally i went into this diner thing where they screwed the light bulb in above your cubicle it's all dark so if you sat at a cubicle you'd get the light bulb and screw it in and my buddy shows up like 30 minutes later who's i'd worked with before uh, credit to Brian for this, and you know, he's former Marine, so it's like the you know, you ran some Facebook in the Marine shop in your town. I'm like, great, that works. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so we go for a drive, and it was it was on this drive, and this is February uh, 2015. Hello, 2015. What are we now? I'm lost. I'm lost. Yeah, February, February, yeah, February yeah. 2015. He said you should like listen to this book, and I looked. I went diets. Like no. And even to this day, I'm the, and people don't understand, I work in ketogenic technology that far surpasses anything to do with ketogenic diets. However, to quote Dr. Ryan Lowry and Dr. Jacob Wilson out of ASPI in Florida, nobody would be doing a ketogenic diet and nobody would be talking about it if it wasn't for guys like me five years ago when no one wanted to hear the conversation. So the technology mm -hmm. far surpasses the diet and research science is now caught up with anecdotal evidence and it's becoming, you know, it's just becoming, everyone's becoming aware of this now. So he's telling me about this book. I'm not interested. And he looked at me and said, well, you could definitely do with being on a diet. I went, oh, thanks. Yeah, I'm feeling the love. Anyway, <laughs> long, sto long story uh, short, about two weeks later, uh, I get a package and I'm living in a tiny place. And by, by now, actually, I've gone from this tiny little one room to a bedroom in my Australian buddy's place that, you know, is like used to the apartment. So I actually upgraded a bit. 
And um, <laughs> and uh, this package comes, and I rip it open in front of the FedEx guy, and I pull out two Ziploc sandwich bags, and they're full of white powder. And I'm looking at the guy, and looking at the bags, and looking at the guy, and looking at the bags. <laughs> and I just, I remember this, like, I'll remember this till I freaking die. I went, it's not what you think. And I went, oh, and I'm, we're in Spanish Harlem, which is the white powder capital of North America. And you're just like... Oh, F.A., right. uh, what is it? I went, uh, he said, said where's it from? Went, oh, San Diego. I went, oh, by Tijuana. I'm like, I read the note out loud to the guy without reading it to myself first. And the note was, dude, there's two strips in here. Piss on one. Take the stuff out. Take the powder out. <laughs> take the powder out the bag. Pay, piss on another one an hour later and send me the pictures. And I look up at the guy when it's not actually helping that is it and the guy's like no and to the, right. he's like you just better be on your way to the best of my knowledge i'm still blacklisted by fedex and by the way yeah by right. the way peat strips don't work for the record but anyway oh. and that was how they started and I, I just followed the instruction and i mean this sounds insane to most people however i trusted the source i trusted where it came from so i didn't question it and lit me up literally within 15 minutes. Like I didn't realize I had brain fog till I didn't have brain fog. It was 15 minutes. It was, it mm-hmm. was that quick of a mm-hmm. shift for me. Um, and wow. then, you know, I had the second one, the second day, third day I'm on the phone, like, hey, B, I need more of this stuff. So there isn't any, there was 10 packs in existence. I've given two of them to you. I'm like, okay, what are we doing now? I said, we're onto something here. I don't know what this stuff is. And I said, like, what is it? Well, it's ketones. You know, what's the ingredients? Well, there's ketones in it. What does it do? Well, I don't know. It kind of ketones you up, I think. I have no idea. And <laughs> what it was, right. he said, the only thing we know, it was developed for the Navy SEAL divers, and NASA have also been testing it. And he you know, went to the, the funding and the research where it came from. But because of the, the case studies, they were not public information. They don't share their stuff out. So we were just completely mm-hmm. blind and... Then I got invited, uh, one of five people he invited to the prototype team. That would have been May 2015. And I'll tell you back then, no one wanted to hear the, hear the conversation. Uh, doctors would tell you it was dangerous. Fitness trainers, when you talk to them about anything like that, no, you're completely wrong. But that, that's right. how it all started. And since then, you know, 250 yeah. million servings later, now that the sort of ketogenic diet people are doing full circle and realizing that what we're doing – Weight loss alone studies, uh, here's one for you, I'll just give you. Study done over a couple of years, uh, hundreds of weight loss clients, and it's not a weight loss diet. Ketogenic diet is a mental health diet. And weight loss studies over two years, uh, a third were put on a ketogenic diet, a third were put on a placebo, and a third were put on our, our powder, on our ketone technology. The ones, the ones mm-hmm. that drank the drink outperformed the dieters up to 400% in weight loss alone. However, those that drank the drink weren't on any type of diet. So if you've been watching my Facebook over the last few few days, I'm doing 10 straight days of eating pizza and getting, getting uh, rich. Yes, I, I, I wanted to ask about the, that. I mean, that you're eating pizza and, and you got this thing and, and, and you talk about eating clean. Yeah. You're like, yes, I'm eating pizza, but it's clean. Well, that, Talk that about particular that. place, uh, I'm giving them a plug, Ambrogio, the street here, they import all their ingredients from Italy. So you're not worried about GMO and all that kind of stuff. So eating clean, yep. support local, like support local businesses. I'm big about that no matter what mm-hmm. the business is. And <clears throat> drink ketones. And what I am proving is, and I'm blood testing right through this, 
the hardcore diet people are looking at me like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Blood never lies, period. And I'm posting mm. blood markers and beating everyone. There's certain things, uh, diabetes, you know, type 1 diabetes is 25% genetic. Type 2 is like like type 1, 75% environmental, meaning what you eat will inflame it. Type 2 is 100% environmental. Type 3 is what happens when you don't look after type 2. And type 3 is the big thing because it's Alzheimer's estimated teenagers or younger, 50% of them will die from Alzheimer's in this country unless we change something. It's going to mm-hmm. outpass heart disease and cancer. And the you, ketogenic diets will help to a degree with diabetes. Fasting will mm-hmm. to a degree. However, the only way to actually get into what's called brain insulin resistance is by drinking ketones. And that comes from, I will give her name right now because I always forget it. It's Dr. Lillian. Um, and she, I always forget her second name. She taught me this, Dr. Lillian Mojica Parodi, and she is from uh, Department of Biomechanical Engineering, Associate Neurosciences Lecturer, Harvard Medical School, blah, 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 blah. Her lab develops cutting-edge neuroimaging tools to study brain-based disorders in humans. So I get my information behind closed doors, private events, invite-only from some people who are way smarter than me. So that is where we're at right now with ketogenic technology. It's a very cool space. And there's other stuff coming through that I've seen in private and heard in private. And I, you know, I get to hang out with the former head of NASA. I mean, I could never have dreamed of that. Like growing yeah, up. Yeah, that's, that's way, that's way yeah. cool. I, I envy that for sure. And, um, and, you know, with all of this about brain health, which I love that you're identifying it in that way. I mean, is that why and not to get personal about Josh Perry, but is that part of the reason you guys are hundred percent, hundred percent. We're all in that Love same it. space. He's been doing some yeah. stuff now on spec scans where it shows PTSD reversing in under an hour. Um, yeah. Wow. This, I mean, just this stuff that's coming through the, on that one, just as a waiver, the research is not finished. It was just some things they were playing with. And, um, I mean, literally, Brain Fuel, I mean, that series I've just done, and the podcast, uh, Extreme Humans, I can't remember, uh, with Dustin and those guys at WellFit, but I've done a six-part series, and it's all about that. Because, you know, honestly, you know, people are like, well, I do this, I do that, I, you know, great. Someone lost 100 pounds, that's great. What's more impactful for me is the fact that they can play with their kids now, or they've got their life back, mm-hmm. or all that. The 100 pounds is just a number. Like, but you don't, you don't mm-hmm. have a six-pack. Great. I'm not motivated by having a six-pack. I like pizza. Uh, I, what I like, you know, what fuels me is someone that has got some, you know, behavioral issues, seen this a lot with children or, you know, depression or all this stuff. And when you see change in that and you see people's lives like light up again and literally get their lives back, that's Mm -hmm. what fires me up. Um, so it's all in that space. It's, that's where we're at right now. And, you know, so uh, you just made me want to ask a question, and, and I know this could be a sticky subject. I, I don't know, but uh, are, so what are they saying about ketones and, and children then? I mean, is that like something that's being studied um, pretty intensely well, right now? Well, from a, a legal perspective, uh, I've got to be careful on that one. And also also from a legal perspective, I am purposely not naming my, my company. Um, so what I would tell you... Um, anecdotal evidence, we'll use that, is kids drinking ketones have 
uh, it's helped tremendously with like the ADDs, ADHDs and all that kind yep. of stuff. However, if you look yep. at the history of the ketogenic diet, uh, the ketogenic diet was originally developed for kids to reverse epilepsy and seizures. And also, we are born in a state of well, actually ketogenesis. We're, we're born running off our own body fat. Breast milk's the only food on earth that has ketones in it. And so we shift from ketogenesis, creating our own ketones, to ketosis, running off fat. And that is also the time that our biggest brain development when we're growing is when we're in ketosis. So as far as mm -hmm. brain health and brain function and in children, again, legally, I don't know enough about the testing process on children, but I imagine it's not mm -hmm. very uh, simple. But someone like the Charlie Foundation, who's a great course uh, up in California as well, they did some stuff with autism and kids. So all, all this mm -hmm. stuff anecdotally, and I've got to use that, scientific evidence suggests is a term I can legally use. Right. Uh, that yes. all, everything is positive so far. Do I know people yeah. who give their six-month-old ketones to drink? Absolutely. Uh, have I seen kids that are literally chomping at the bit for more ketones? Absolutely. I cannot legally say do that. I can yeah. say I have seen it. I know it goes on, and I've seen some first-hand stories I work with. And if you want the, the connection, I work with a lady called Heather. I'm not going to use her last name on here. She's out in, like, Le Meso way. And she has got just the most wonderful story about her own son. And uh, if anyone wants to reach out to me, I can certainly connect with her. You can tell, for, you, can tell you know, I can't, I can't use third-party validation unless you speak to the third party is what I'm saying. I can't right. tell someone no, else's story. No, yeah. I understand. I understand. But what I do love is that it is being, um, you know, suggested. It is being researched. And, you know, if there's any way that we can get our kids from, you know, having to take drugs because it changes the cells in yep. the brain. It changes the brain. And, you know, and then uh, we all know, I mean, then the depression and the anxiety and all of these things. And it's like, we've got to take a serious look at things that we can do. We've got to find those healthy alternatives because it's just going to get worse and worse. And it's very sad. It's very sad. So I love that people are actually taking the time, um, you know, to um, do yeah, this. So. It, I mean, it's just a fascinating rabbit hole of science. But, you know, as, as the saying goes back to Hippocrates, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. Yes, uh, yes, 100%. And I have to just real quick, I know we're getting close on our time here, but um, I uh, had some issues. Well, you've, you may have heard me talk about that I had an eating disorder uh, for many years. And I'm so grateful that I was able to pull myself out of that because I wanted to. And I worked my tail off to do it. Like it wasn't easy, but I, I knew I had to change. And but during that time, uh, it, you know, I'm an endurance athlete. And at that time, I was really, really into running. I still am, of course, but I was pretty heavy into marathoning. And I, in any case, I kept getting a lot of stress fractures and I'm talking in my femurs in all parts of my legs. And, uh, I had a sports med doc, uh, push me and she did, she pushed me. I'm not blaming her. I did it, but she asked me to take, um, uh, some drug for, you know, to basically help with your bone yep. development. And I won't, I won't name the specific drug, but in any case, I was like, ah, I don't really want to do this. And she said, just for one year. So I, I did it and 
about four months later, well, I started noticing I wasn't feeling right, but, but it was kind of one of those things that was hard to detect for a little while. Like I didn't understand why am I feeling like everybody's against me? Why mm. am I, it was just weird feelings were going on and I didn't quite get what was going on. I went to see a different sports med doctor. She said, stop taking it now. Yep. I did. Within 24 hours, I literally, and I'm not kidding you, I felt myself snap back to, to myself. It was crazy. Well, that's and... like the, that's the, the same with the painkillers. You don't realize it creeps up on you. And then, yeah. you know, it, it's the same with the brain fog. We don't realize we have it until yeah. it shifts. And I would, I would tell yeah. you this right now, and I would tell anyone listening this, and I'm confident enough to look anyone in the eyes, I don't care what the situation is, who, like, over a 10-day period, we, as you may know, I'm building out a beta test right now, which has gone a little nuts. We know what works. We know this stuff works. We, we, we know. We put four and a half years into, into this, doing it manually. We know it works. I now have a protocol that is try something for 10 days, if you don't feel it on the 10th day, by the 10th day, you'll definitely feel it on the 11th. And it involves around mood, focus, energy, and sleep. And the yeah. challenges with the, the ketogenic technology space right now, um, we hold the patents for the only, according to Dr. Brendan Egan out of the University of Dublin, Ireland, the only ones that actually work. Uh, without going sciency, it evolves around the isomers, unless it says R, dash BHB on ketones, it's what's known as racemic. It doesn't work with the signaling cells in the body. Although you can buy it at your supermarket and it will say keto, blah, 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 blah. So mm -hmm. um, we hold the patterns and it's designed like that specifically. Uh, the only mm -hmm. naturally fermented, like everything else is synthetic, the only naturally fermented uh, non-racemic ketone on the planet. And I would say to anyone, if you do this for 10 days, your entire life will change. And this is not me selling products. This is, I know what this stuff has done for thousands of people. You don't do 250 million servings of something that doesn't work in around about four years. Um, right. So we know that. And I'm going to, I'm going to call you out on this one, Kyra. I didn't know you were an endurance athlete. <laughs> um, you may have heard about some, some, issues in the Tour de France this year with the stage winners. Some people, some of the other teams are claiming they're cheating. Well, I know exactly what they've been drinking and have been for years, but for recovery, uh, and I've done two ultra marathons in a week for recovery and things like that. I wish I had this stuff back then. I may not have got injured after the, after the mm. ultras. So yeah, uh, with stuff like that, you know, it's, and uh, it's all natural. We kind of do it by diet. Yeah, you can, but it's not sustainable and not to the same level, mm -hmm. which we're now finding out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I love, I love all of this and I'm really appreciative that you're sharing this because we've got to do everything we can to help other people. People are just, they're looking for the answers. They're like, you know, just tell me uh, how to, how to do this, how to be healthier. Tell me how to uh, think more clearly, help me with gratitude. You know, it's, I think people are craving it and they just need somewhere to turn. And that leads me to, uh, before we sign off, how can people find you? Uh, how do you, how would you uh, like people to reach well, out Well, I'm you? easy to find unless I don't want you to find me, then you'll never find me. <laughs> the best place, uh, I mean, obviously you and I connect you through social media. Uh, the best place to find me just because of sheer volume. If you go to San Diego Keto, K-E-T-O club 
on uh, Facebook page, Instagram, meetups. Um, like you can message me through any of those things directly, and okay. I I, res I respond Good. to all messages. I kind of run off my own time in terms of if I'm on a podcast or sat having coffee with someone, I'm not looking at my phone. Uh, but I I will <laughs> get. To Thank you. you. <laughs> Well, I, I really do appreciate this. This has been, it's fascinating. I want to continue conversations with you. I want to just, you know, I, I've been watching you grow and share all of this to help other people. And it's a beautiful thing. So keep doing what you're doing. Let's stay connected. I want to watch you get to that next level. And, you know, listeners out there, reach out to Tony and you know it's T-O-N-Y-C-O-H-E-N Tony Cohen I will have that in the notes but reach out to him ask him questions that's what he's there for he's going to help you and, and steer you in the right direction thank you again Tony I really appreciate thank, it thank you so much for uh, reaching out to me on this